World Series aside, the big story of the day is what's going on in Las Vegas, the firing of head coach Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, along with general manager Dave Ziegler and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, and even after the Raiders lost to Detroit on Monday night in a game that was borderline unwatchable, Josh McDaniels even hinted in his postgame presser, yeah, you know, we're going to be making some changes here on offense. Well, he was right. He was just a part of it. Right, right, right. Uh, and you were, they were kind of turning the corner a little bit when somehow they held on to beat uh, Bill Belichick and the and the uh, the Patriots. Right. Now, of course, the Patriots are, are like not the, the beast that they were used to be, but they get the win against the Patriots at home, and then they're going to play the Bears and then, you know, the and Detroit there. Uh, the, the You know, Detroit, we figured that one would be tough, but that Bears game seemed to be the pivotal game uh, that got Josh McDaniels on the way out of town. Right, because you're 3-3, three and three, you're back to 500, and you're going, now it's in Chicago, but you're going to Chicago to play the Bears knowing that it's uh, it's this, you know, the D2 quarterback, Bajan, that's been filling in for Justin Fields. You know you're facing a backup quarterback, even if you have to put in your own with Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. They go and put up a stinker there, but that was such a pivotal game because if they win that, they're four and three coming up on the trade deadline. Jimmy G's coming Jimmy back. Jimmy G's coming back. Maybe you make a deal or two. We had our, our not an overreaction Tuesday a couple weeks ago when I was looking at how many teams could potentially hang in this thing in the hunt, as they like to show on the telecast when they do the playoff standings. They like to show in the hunt, and the Raiders are a perfect team for in the hunt, but you lose that game to the Bears and a reminder, life comes at you fast in the NFL. You lose that game, you plot up the stinker against the Lions on national TV, and no more of this for for, for Mark Davis. And, and you know what? Josh McDaniels gets paid a lot of money. Um, he has been getting just completely crucified on sports talk television, sports talk radio. To my knowledge, like he had never done any kind of uh, things, uh, you know, outside of coaching the football team. So none of those things came into play, but just looking at his one loss record when he was a head coach at Denver and a head coach at Las Vegas. I mean, it's been nothing short of pathetic. It's, it's been bad. It's been really bad. And there's been a lot of second guessing today about whether or not he should have even got that job in the first place. Maybe it's naive, but I'm always willing to give head coaches a second shot. You're in a different environment, especially Josh McDaniels, given how long ago that was in Denver. It's really Correct. easy to look at it now and say... Because he, he never- got a job. I mean, as soon as he got uh, fired in Buffalo or in uh, Denver, he, he went right back and started working for Belichick again. Right, w- right, where he where he probably you know belongs, at least you know the, the best there is the offensive coordinator, and that's what he probably should be. I think we can finally say that definitively now. Not every coach in the NFL is equipped to be a head coach or meant to be a head coach, sometimes you can just be a really good coordinator, and that's good enough. Which, when you're working under Bill Belichick and and Tom Brady, you know, it's easy to make yourself look like a good offensive coordinator, but that was the hope, at least. I mean, I don't consider myself a Raiders fan, but you want to see people succeed in life. And Josh McDaniel said all the right things at his introductory presser about, you know, I was younger back then in Denver. I've learned a lot. I've grown up a lot since then. We just didn't, but we didn't. So we, there's nothing that we saw on the football field that shows us that, that that's even 
close to true. He lost to Jeff Saturday. That's that's what he's getting run over with a bulldozer for today. He lost to Jeff Saturday in his first game as a head coach, filling in in Indianapolis. And I believe that was that game was in Las Vegas, if I remember correctly. I believe so. Yeah, he lost to Jeff Saturday. So, so in, yeah, the thing amongst the things that there people are are pointing out, the poor records in Denver and Vegas. Yeah, Jeff Saturday goes from the Get Up show on ESPN to become the interim head coach for the Colts. Their first game is against the Raiders, and they beat Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, and and that's coming up repeatedly, too. That game, and then uh, that was later on in the year. There was another one in the first couple weeks of the year. They're playing Arizona and have like a three-touchdown lead going into the fourth quarter and managed to lose a game in overtime when Kyler Murray literally is just running circles around them. They can't tackle him. Which, by, by the way, I hadn't heard him reference this before, which I don't blame him one bit, but listening to Greeny this morning on the way in, this was the first time that I had heard Jeff Saturday bring up, you know, referencing when I was a coach in Indy, which, dude, leave that one yeah, where yeah, it was. don't go there, Mr. Saturday. Don't go there. Yeah, no, nobody wants to hear about your head coaching experience, bud. Sorry about it. All right, um, we have some sound, yes. some thoughts from... Uh, the folks in Vegas, right? Yeah, so uh, let's hear from, uh, this is Vinny Bonsignor, uh, Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. First on the scene when the news comes down, just getting his immediate reaction as somebody who covers the team. Shocked, to be perfectly uh, honest with you. I did get a, a, a text last night from while I was uh, in Detroit. It must have been the third quarter, halfway through the third quarter. It was a, a general manager of, of another NFL team, and the text was, these kind of games change thoughts and change things. So, it would be one thing had they not lost like they lost in, in Chicago and not, you know, digress like they have and regress like they have over the last couple of years, especially offensively. Uh, but when you put two clunkers out there like they did against the Bears and then last night, you know, on, on that Monday night national TV stage, people start talking uh, a little bit more and people start, you know, asking themselves, do we need to make a change here? And obviously, Mark Davis, I think he's been thinking about this for a while. Obviously, you've seen all the footage of, you know, fans coming up to him and with fire Josh McDaniel signs and, you know, um, they've made themselves loud and clear, Raider Nation has, uh, of their displeasure with the direction uh, under Josh McDaniels and, and under uh, Dave Ziegler. And I think that he finally came to grips with the fact that it's probably best uh, for this organization to make a big change right now. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff that's going down when everybody, like you said, you are watching that Raiders game, which was uh, a disaster against the Lions. But I'll tell you how things can change in just weird ways. Uh, so they end up losing the game 26-14 to 14 with, like, um, four minutes to go, three minutes to go. Jimmy G had Devontae Adams wide open. That's the play where Devontae Adams, like, throws his helmet down on the bench and all that stuff, okay? So if they just complete, like, it wasn't like there was tight coverage and he, he, had, he, he would have had to make a great catch or whatever. Sam, he maybe he, Josh McDaniel still you has could, a job. You could have been there. You could have caught it and scored a touchdown. And the ball of and the thing you don't want to do if you're Jimmy G there, this guy's so wide open. You know, if you if you don't hit him perfectly in stride, 
just underthrow him a little bit. Maybe he doesn't score. He probably still does. But anyway, the ball goes well over his head. He's throwing helmets on the sideline, Devontae Adams, whatever. And a couple of days later, um, Josh McDaniels is fired. Had they complete that that play there and make it at that it would have been you know 26 21 yeah and you know the score obviously would have looked better but who knows you know with uh, a couple of stops on defense and stuff but then you know with with that that uh, maybe you could just say that play is an example of what the the deal has been in uh vegas with the raiders and just with the raiders basically going back to 2002 when they lost that super bowl game to to john gruden and the tampa bay bucks yeah that's really the story but josh mcdaniels is the name that we all know we've seen his face for a while on the sideline standing next to belichick now this is second go around second failure as a head coach that's really the story today I don't even know if it's necessarily a defensive Josh McDaniels, but there's a lot of coaches that would fail in Vegas. It's an even an understanding that it's an oversimplification of how this works in the NFL because none of us really understand how this works in the NFL. So much of what goes on in that league happens off of the field. Your so much of your success happens off of the field, whether it's who's running the team. How it, you know the, the communication between ownership and GM and front office and head coach and if it's a well-run organization, if it's a well-run business, that's where all of this starts. And to your point, yeah, not much has happened there in in the last twenty years. I mean, we're talking about Josh McDaniels as a former offensive coordinator. The Patriots are kind of the perfect example right now, where the Patriot way gets them all these Super Bowls and Brady and Belichick, and they get all these Super Bowls. They thought that after Brady left, they could still Patriot way their way to whatever it was that they were going to do. Well, Mac Jones not getting it done. This all starts with all with all the people and how they all mesh together. And Mark Davis is just going through these guys like they're uh, like they're cards in a video game. Well, I mean, if there's one silver lining, it's kind of Josh McDaniels can get in line with the the thirteen other guys uh, that have tried to coach this team since 2002. I mean, uh, 13 different coaches uh, have been the head coach of the Raiders since 2002. Uh, the exact opposite of like stability and and let's you know you mentioned it's not just Josh McDaniels other others including the general manager and the uh, the offensive coordinator. Offense, yeah, so there's there have been uh, a bunch of changes there in addition to Josh McDaniels, Antonio Pierce former New York Giant uh, linebacker is the interim head coach, right? Yeah, taking over. And that's the kind of guy that you would put in there as the inter- interim head coach. Like, well, well, when John Gruden was fired, you know, Rich Basaccia was the head coach. And I think he was the special teams coach at the time. But that should have been the example. Whether or not Josh McDaniels was exactly the right guy or not, that should have been the example of how you go and find the next guy. Because that was one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. And given the circumstances, there was so much chaos and and tragedy and so much going on with the Raiders. But the way that that team rallied around each other and they played their tails off for Rich Bisaccia, that's the kind of guy that you have to have as a head coach. I forgot about that. There were Raiders fans saying, just keep him. 
uh, he he, uh, he so sure Mark got Davis, a chance. You know, was was too smart for his own good. Here's Chris Candy, host of Unsportsmanlike, heard here uh, every morning till ten. Uh, he just thinks that Josh McDaniels was the wrong hire in the first place. This was a franchise that was embroiled in turmoil. I mean, you had what happened to John Gruden in the leaked emails leading to him being fired. You had the Henry Ruggs tragedy. You had Chandler Jones earlier this year. What made you think that Josh McDaniels was going to step in and quell all of the controversy, all of the noise surrounding your football team, things that were being talked about that had nothing to do with the on-the-field product? What made you think Josh McDaniels was the right fit? When I go back and look at the coaches hired in that cycle, three of the coaches that were hired actually helped their team make the playoffs. Brian Dayball, Mike McDaniel, and Doug Peterson. You had a 50% chance at hiring one of those coaches. There were six coaches that were hired in that cycle, and you chose Josh McDaniel to be the guy. And you can keep on going down the line. Mike Mayock as the NFL Network Analyst is your GM, and Antonio Brown and all these things going on. That's really the story here. You talk about the head coaches since 2019, three general managers. Since 2021, they're on their third team president. That's what I'm getting at with, that's where all of this starts, where if that's not together, if you don't have your stuff together up there, it almost doesn't matter who your head coach is. You're not going to win much. Well, they haven't. And I mentioned that Super Bowl against Tampa, 2002. 2002. Yeah, since that point, the Raiders, since that game, the Raiders have made the postseason. We're not even talking about winning games or whatever. They've only made the postseason twice since 2002. Yeah. Now, people talk about the how uh, middle of the road, uh, and you know, the Cowboys have been, you know, since they were successful there in the 90s. In that same stretch, uh, you know, like the people have been like, hey, the Cowboys are a middle of the road team. So stacked up against the Cowboys, the Cowboys, they've made the postseason nine times since 2002. So that just shows you how lame it's been to be a Raider fan for 20 years, Sam. And there's a lot of them. It's been lame to be a Raiders fan. And and now that they're in this beautiful new stadium, like, th- this is one of the things that I'm curious about. Oh, we're going to have uh, Tyler Bischoff from ESPN Las Vegas with us on here in about uh, l- about t- a little over 20 minutes or so. It's one of the things that I want to talk to him about because you build this beautiful new stadium, but at some point, like w- I- I'm curious what the relationship is between the city, between the people there, what the allegiance is to Vegas. The only allegiance is what's on the side of the stadium, and, and that's a singular allegiant for a team that has either number one or number two as the highest average ticket price in the NFL for this. Yeah, well... What are you, like, what are we doing? As far as the average uh, ticket price, that's the whole extenuating circumstance thing. Uh, you, you know, how people, when their team is going to... You know, if you're a fan of a team and you can pick one road game to see, where are you going to pick? Well, when it's the Raiders in Las Vegas. The Giant fans... I mean, I can only imagine how many of them will be in Vegas. You're going to see a lot of the those blue jerseys that they were wearing when they were winning Super Bowls floating all over Vegas. They're not really happy, especially coming off that loss to the Jets. But the, the reason that the ticket prices are so high, so in essence, like as bad as the team has been, the franchise there moving to Vegas has been a grand slam. 
I, everything about it, uh, other than in terms of dollars, and that's cents, what I mean. Yes. Yeah, it's been a grand slam. I mean, it's been uh, everything is working as planned, but like sports are, you can't just say, "All right, our team is going to be competitive and go to the playoffs." Once we move to Vegas, no, it's the difference between an owner that looks at a team as a plaything and one that actually wants to see this thing that his name is attached to, his or her name attached to, be successful. And I guess it depends on, and to your point, it depends on your definition of success because, yeah, that stadium is beautiful and Mark Davis is, is as rich as ever. But what does it get? I mean, I was going to say, what does it get you? And what's it, what it gets him is what we keep circling back to. All right. So Antonio Pierce is going to take over. What an opportunity for Antonio Pierce here. If he can get things straightened out, it doesn't. Uh, you know, the fact that the New York Giants are coming to town, it's not like the Kansas City Chiefs are coming to town. So Pierce has a chance to get a W under his belt uh, this first game. And maybe if he gets does a, a good job because of what happened to the, the previous interim coach. And that's uh, that's the first call that I would be making today if I'm Antonio Pierce. That's the first call I'll make is I'm getting on the phone with Rich Bisaccia, who, by the way, is the Green Bay. He's currently the Packers special teams coach, so he's still in the NFL, which is good for him. But I'd be getting on the phone with Rich Bisaccia. And saying... And uh, just asking him... Asking him how you did it. How, how you got that team. It wasn't even just, you know, let, you know, let's win one for coach. I mean, that team... The, the 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 line of demarcation between before uh, before John Gruden got fired and after John Gruden got fired, two different teams. It was, but you see that happens sometimes in short time frames where teams will rally around, and that's why Rich Basaccia wasn't given the long term job because they said, "Well, it was just this a uh, a flash in the pan type of thing," you know, and. Probably they underestimated him. He, he, he couldn't have done much could, worse. He could not have done much worse. Uh, so anyway, an opportunity for Antonio Pierce, but other obvious like names, and this is going to be a long way away because probably this won't come down until you know these teams that are have these qualified assistants like are, are going to be done with their season, and yeah. that's a long way a lo- uh, away. But uh, you got Brian Flores, um, who is um, a guy that was the head coach for the Dolphins. For the Dolphins, and, he was the defensive coordinator for the Steelers under Mike Tomlin. And he's somewhere right now. He's, in, he's the defensive coordinator with the Vikings yeah. right now, but you got Brian Flores. Dan Quinn's a part of every every it, every it, year. He's on everybody's lately. list. A couple other names uh, that I threw out there: Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions. One because of what they're doing, and because two, he knows what it what it is to be a part of a team that literally has to break everything down and start over. Going from, started from the bottom. Now we hear Ben Johnson. If you're looking for a guy that's got head coaching experience, Doug Marone, who took the Jaguars to the AFC Championship game. Of course, you know, Jim Harbaugh's name is going to come up, and we could keep going on yeah, and on yeah, and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Harbaugh's name is going to come up. I, it, I, it, I would be stunned if it didn't. Because his name is everywhere right now, and people are saying that he, you know, he, he might just say, instead of dealing with all this kind of headache stuff, I may bounce back to the NFL. Right, we just assume... Uh, he hasn't said anything because, of course, he's not going to while he's the coach in Michigan. We just assume that with all this, he's going to dip for the NFL. And that would, uh, for for a guy who's going to shell, I mean, Mark Davis is going to pay for a head coach. That's not a, a bad place to be, even if your team's not going to be that great.